Welcome back, podcast fans. It's Parked in Turn 1, back with another talking hour and a half <laughs> just for you to listen to the smooth voices of Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, and my man, Bo. Bo, what's going on this evening? Hey, man. It has been a while. Um, I hope we uh, still remember how to do this and... Uh... Uh, yeah, blame well, me, obviously, absolutely. That's, yeah, well, I was definitely going to blame you. Everybody <laughs> knows I blame you, dude. I don't ever take any of the blame. We don't want to. We don't want to break station off of that, right? We want to make sure no. that we keep consistent in our inconsistency. That's right. <laughs> we got to remain consistent. It's definitely Bo's fault. Everybody should be mad at Bo. That's what everybody should know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had we didn't have any racing to talk about the previous weekend. I don't believe. Everything was off, um, unless oh no, we yeah, did we have racing. The, yeah, we was... meant the Thai Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, at Chang International. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I was uh, I was already on to Sydney. Chat, it's already happened, brother. I don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> but no, we do have to talk about that a little bit because we saw some big stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I want to get right to, um. I think we can shorten Moto3 a little bit. Moto3, uh, with another DNF for Sergio Garcia, mm-hmm. basically after this weekend, if he loses one point, or yeah, one point to Isan Guevara, the championship's over. It's over. Yeah. he's Guevara wins it. Guevara's doing an amazing job of holding himself steady on the line. He's doing a great job. And in that Moto3, I am excited to get to some of the stuff that I want to talk about with MotoGP. But, you know, he just didn't have the speed that he's had in previous rounds. But, you know, we've we've said it, I don't know, a thousand times on this podcast. If you can't win, bring it home, get as yeah. many points as you can. Right. And that's what he did. Now, this was not Sergio's fault. Adrian Fernandez decided that he was going to try and ride someone else's bike with them, <laughs> and but he wanted to do it with a high side flip into land on their bike. Yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it was not Sergio's fault. He had nowhere to go. But again, it's one of those situations. If you are in the middle of the pack, crazy stuff can happen. So the, as the race went, we saw Dennis Faggio win it. Ayuma Sasaki finishing second, and Ricardo Rossi putting it on the podium for a third-place finish. Another guy that we don't see up there a ton, Stefano Nepa, finishing fourth, and Isan Guevara finishing fifth. I think part of that race, especially the middle to end, the last third of it, there was some craziness going on in there. And truthfully, you know, Isan Guevara, I think, was doing his best to stay up stay out of the drama yeah and yeah. he because he just didn't have the pace he, mm-hmm. he the, the pace he normally has he didn't have it so he did a great job and he finished fifth and you know he i'm sure he would have loved to finish fourth because then he would basically have a few points to give up and still be the champion but at, as that, that goes it's okay He's he's got a huge lead in the championship. He finished, but Dennis Faggio ran a great race, and I don't want to take anything away from him. I mean, it was 
It's frustrating for me to see Fajia ride like this, and then he'll go to Phillip Island and he'll be mired in sixteenth. Like I don't, <laughs> right, I don't get yeah. Dennis Fajia at yeah, all. It's it's just, um, but course, you know, they, we talk about you know Fajia didn't seem like he just didn't need the the draft at all. Almost, you know, I mean, it it just. Those that lay apart bike look fast. Man. Yeah, they got something right with that bike in a straight line, don't they? They really do. And you, you, you know, and going into Phillip Island, that might be very useful for them. Mm-hmm. But I have a sneaking suspicion we will not see Dennis Fagia ride as well as he did, it's just because that's kind of his mo and has been this year as well. Um, now, that's not to take anything away from people like Ayuma Sasaki, because Ayuma Sasaki rode a great race, too. But, mm. you know, this time he didn't come out on top. But he doesn't – he's pretty consistent this year. You know, he's had some problems, yeah. some his yeah. fault, some not his fault. But when he's run, typically we see him in the top five or six the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, and and so – but Dennis Fajia just hasn't been that. So let's see what Dennis Fajia does in Phillip Island. I'm expecting a top 10, but I'm not expecting him to win. I'm expecting Isan Guevara to be really fast. That's what I'm I'm feeling because I think a layout like Phillip Island will suit his riding style. That's the way I feel about it. So, so we shall see. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, I think a Yuma Sasaki might come out strong just because we saw how what what he looked like at. Uh, you know, this year in Qatar, Qatar yeah. doesn't really have. It, there's there's some elevation um, at Phillip Island, um, but there's a lot of those sweeping corners too, uh, and that you know that's where that's what really kind of shines at, at Qatar as well. So I'm curious if if Sasaki uses that kind of to his advantage if he's strong there too, um, you know, at Phillip Island. But we'll see what elevation does because it's always it's always really interesting and plus weather, uh, you know. It's yeah, no, weather's that, that a big weather's, deal there. Um, well, I think, you know, it's predicted very cold temperatures, um, and very windy conditions. You know, it's, it's always super windy there, right. Coming off the ocean. So, um, that's really going to kind of throw a curveball into a lot of this. It really can, because weather has a funny way of making everything kind of all up in the air. And I do believe that's why we saw Nepa and Rossi. We saw Rossi on the podium, saw Nepa and Port. I do believe that the rain that came during the weekend, kind of played into that because the guys that are normally super fast didn't get all the dry setup time. Mm-hmm. And it just, that's what happens, but it is the great equalizer, right? Right. right? Yep. Um, but I, I agree with you. I don't think a Yuma Sasaki will be a slouch. I think we're going to find out what Izan Guevara is made of. I don't know if you remember um, uh, Danny Kent when he won the Moto3 world title, how he barely hung on at the end of the year. Like it was just uh, hard to watch. And he finally just barely got it. I, I don't think Isan Guevara is that guy. I think he is a, a go get it. Yeah. I think he's a killer. I'm hoping he is because I, I'm, I'm looking for those guys coming up. And, and if he is, then I think then he will finish in that top five this, this week. And, and mostly what he will do is be ahead of Sergio Garcia. He well, only needs got, one yeah, That's point. the important yeah. part, right? I mean, that's where he's got to be. Right. But we know Garcia, he should probably, he's probably going to come out fighting. And I'm expecting Garcia to be putting some hard moves on people. I mean, we'll see. We'll just see what happens. But we might see Garcia crumble a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. But I don't think we're going to see Guevara crumble. I think we're going to see a good Guevara. Um, but 
you know, we it remains to be seen, right? That's why they run the race. Yeah. Um, I, a couple of things in the Moto Three race, I, I I was a little, I'm a little disappointed in John McPhee. I, I, I it, you know, he's got to get out of this class after this year, right? Like he's yeah, he's the an oldest age guy limit, in right? the class. I mean, it's, he's kind of yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Aging out. And he's not he's not doing himself any favors. No. Um, I was also a little confused by Dennis on Chu. Um, what do you think was going on there? It, you know, it's hard to tell. Um, I I, I agree. I, I was a seventeen year old kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, Dennis on Chu. He has a confirmed ride next year in Moto Two, correct? I I. I I didn't. I haven't seen that. Did you see that? I, I it, 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 there's talk about it each week. So I, I thought that I haven't he seen was it pretty, right. pretty. I thought it was confirmed. Movie. I, I don't know who with with what team. Um, but I don't know. You know, um, I, I'm just curious that. I don't know. I, I really couldn't put my finger on what really happened this weekend. Um, he didn't you know, look normal. He no. didn't. He wasn't aggressive. He wasn't. He just didn't look like Dennis on Chew. I. I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll just have to figure it out. Maybe maybe there's something distracting him. Maybe he just had a bad race. Maybe he was sick. I mean, all that stuff's possible when you're traveling around the world, right? Like it is. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I overall, um, Isan Guevara did what he needed to do. The race was really good. I thought it was an exciting race, um, and I had a lot of fun watching it. But. You know, in, in the end, I was just kind of like, as soon as Garcia crashed, there was a little bit of less interest in the outcome <laughs> Yeah, for me. You know what I mean? As right, soon as right, Garcia right. crashed, I was like, oh, not again. But it wasn't his fault. I mean, the, he's had bad luck, man. He Some of this stuff has been self-inflicted, but stuff like that is just, gosh, again, this sport can be so beautiful, but it is also very, very cruel. Right. Um yeah. But that's really what I had on Moto Three. Nothing really stands out to me other than I didn't understand what was happening with Don Chu. Faggio's bike was super fast in a straight line, um, and he rode a good race. Don't let me take it away from. Him. But Ricardo Rossi putting it on the podium is a big deal for him. I think been you know good for I don't team. You know they've been it, kind of, it, it there's is a lot of drought for that for that team quite a bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yep. We know Absolutely. That, uh, that Paolo Simoncelli certainly doesn't kind of hold back. He doesn't mince words at all. Um, you know, he did especially didn't when when he still had um, Suzuki on the payroll. But um, you know, I, I think this was super important for that team. I, I felt like that team's been in quite a bit of a slump. But Ricardo Rossi has shown moments of really really good pace, but they don't seem to be sustained all the way throughout the weekend. You know, you only see it. You know, maybe sometimes in a Q1 or even a Q2, maybe sometimes during some of the free practices. But then when it comes to race day, when it really, really matters to show up with that kind of pace, um, it's not sustained all the way throughout the race distance. Um, no. This time it was. And I think that's it's great for this team. It's great. It's yep. great for him as a rider. Um, you know, and I think I, I think I'd mentioned you too. I think he looks like a, a young Cosmo Kramer. So you know, that's great for for camera time too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I, I I do we do see flashes from him. That's what we call them, right? When we see yeah. these guys come up, and he doesn't flash as often as some of the other guys, but he does flash. And so hopefully he can get that figured out mm-hmm. and they can do it. But I do want to get to something in Moto Three that was happened in 2018 or 2019 was the Tom Booth Amos video. 
Have you seen that video? I watched it. Yeah. I, I so I didn't see. I watched it on my phone, um, as as most of us probably did, you know. And I, I couldn't really yep. see a whole lot of detail of what actually happened in the tent. Um, mm-hmm. But you kind of hear the smack, and you read the report, and you, um, it, you know, and you, you you watch the drama kind of unfold after that, right? So, so at yeah, right. At the very least, he put his hands on the rider. Yeah, yeah. And evidently, supposedly, he kicked him um, in the butt. Okay. I don't. Whew, um, unacceptable ridiculous but you know tom didn't say anything because he needed the ride for the next year he wanted to stay on the team and everything and Mm -hmm. gosh that's just an awful situation to be in but that guy shouldn't be in MotoGP paddock at all he shouldn't be anywhere he shouldn't be allowed to be a crew chief for anybody at any time in the professional world um he needs to be banned and it needs to be swiftly done because um i don't give it i don't care what Tom Booth so did, Amos did you said. I heard about, him say something. Do you feel the same way about Bobby Knight? Um, I feel the same way on if on some of the antics, yes. Yes, I do. So Bobby Knight putting a kid in a closet when he's 24 or 22, I think, is much different than grabbing a kid who's obviously a lot smaller than you Um, a teenager and is a teenager. He's smaller than you. Bobby Knight was grabbing dudes that were big as big or bigger than him. So I I don't agree with it. You're right. Like it's the same thing. But what I do think is that I don't know how as a parent that we didn't find out there was a huge brawl later on in that battle. You absolutely know why you didn't find out. You absolutely know that they are. You already know that it's because of what you already said that he needed the ride for next year. We have to, and you have to realize that some of these parents, um, they they uproot their entire lives to put their kids on these uh, on these paths to MotoGP, um, with the hopes and dreams, you know, that they will will make it big and they'll, they, you know, it's it's. I don't I don't want to I don't want this to sound negative on the parents, but at some point, you know, it is a it's a hope for success. Um, you yeah. know that it's an investment almost for these parents, right? To to invest in the child's future on some level, absolutely. Um, well, Casey Stoner's parents did it. They yeah. mo- uprooted from Australia, moved to England or Spain or wherever they moved to, um, and, yeah. and, and then I he don't, started like racing. Yeah, I don't say that as in a negative way towards the parents. I just say it for what it is. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I, I I know why they did it, but at the same time, I, I don't I don't think I could handle that. Um, yeah, but. You know that's that they did what they thought was the right thing to do. Now Tom Booth Amos has gone on to other things now, right? Like he's not right. there anymore. But, um, yeah. but this is the second time that you know the Max Racing team has been in the limelight for very negative um, events. In, in in well, that was CM, C, CMP or CEP or something. I don't I don't think that was Max Racing. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought Yeah, he, no, no, no. That he, was I not Max now Racing. worked for them. No, I'm sorry. Okay. It's CIP C something. CIP, I think, Green okay. Power. It was the Green Power team. But I I think the thing is is if that guy still got a job, that's ridiculous. He needs to be banned. And um because evidently the word around the paddock is that's who he is. He's a bully. Um but, you know, from the other podcasts I listen to and I just don't think there's any place for that. 
right. in the in your garage. That's supposed to be the people that you trust the most and to have your back and are working on your bike that you're risking your life on. Um, so what I want that's what I wanted to bring it up and say that uh, it's not acceptable. And I hope they do something. I hope they do it quickly. It looks like uh, uh, speaking of the Sterling Garda Sterling Garda team. Uh, the Max Racing looks like they got rid of the two mechanics that were involved in that thing with uh, Adrian Fernandez, so they are no longer mm. part of the team. So that's the right move. Um, you don't get to—I don't care if you hate somebody or not—you don't get to mess with somebody else's bike. That's not okay. Right. You don't get to touch it. You don't get to get in there. If if he were to just walked and never touched anything and just walked in front of him, okay, you're a you're kind of a douche canoe, but uh, <laughs> you know. Disney but Channel. Come th- on. I, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I'm okay with some discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Not. I think I'm getting closer and closer to pulling the plug on the Disney Channel. But the thing is, is that I, I, it's getting harder changing, and harder for we're me. Changing I, I thought it would get easier. A little bit, aren't we? Yeah. Right. 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 We're the thing is, least, is that he, we're narrowing it a little bit. But I, but I think you know, he, since he touched him, I think it's a much different thing. If you didn't touch him, yeah, you don't need to do that. That's mm-hmm. unacceptable. But we're gonna put but putting your again, he didn't do it in violence, but he did put his hands on the bike and the rider. So no, we're not well, we're not so dealing you see, with that. So you know, just to compare sports a little bit, you know, you see if a driver and I I haven't read the rule book, but I I do know that if a driver in F one touches another driver's car, um, or in, in so, this touches some area of the car, they get fined. Um yeah, just for absolutely. touching the car. I mean then then that could be a, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollar fine, I think. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, the FIM needs to adopt a similar punitive system, but, uh, I mean, something, I haven't seen it be a problem, Yeah, but I think with these things coming out though, we may see more cameras and we may start to see more things. True. Yeah. But so we'll see, but I I don't think think it's a problem. I I do still think there's a bit of an influence from F1 and, and not every influence is positive, right? There's, I mean, there's still some drama that goes on in F1 and and everyone's all up in arms about something and. And I think that's going to find its way into the MotoGP paddock um, as technology from F1 finds its way into the MotoGP paddock. There's going to be right. similar mind games, similar approaches, just similar similar attitudes um, and right. tactics at play. Sure. Well, I mean, I know what you're saying. And I, and I, I think we have to have some sort of system in place, but I, I don't yeah. think we've seen enough yet for me to believe like this has to be in place tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so, not, it's not to the point where we have to do something like we need to do something with this stupid, uh, right. Yellow flag infringement crap, you know? Yeah, no. So I, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Uh, you trying to get me on a soapbox. I'm, I'm over here with a lighter. Just trying to get that. Oh lit, man. gosh, I'm, man. I'm working this, hard. Don't just got, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So, we got to get a good one back. Yeah. Then, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's, let's go on and, and let's move to, um, the series with the stupidest weather laws out there and moto two. Um, I don't understand why it's impossible for them to have rain tires and to, to come in and now listen, I, we have seen in world Superbike and world Supersport on a rain. When rain comes in the middle of the race, you can come in, change tires. Mm-hmm. You just have to be in pit lane for a certain amount of time. It just mm-hmm. is. That's what you got to do. 
this is impossible for Moto2, evidently, because their bikes are too complicated to swap the tires in 84 seconds. It's just too much. You have to sit for 84 seconds or whatever it is in World Supersport. We can't do it in Moto2. What we have to do is we have to declare the race over. We stop the race, and then we don't do it, and then we reward half points. Yeah. Like a bunch of morons. <laughs> the the Literally, I don't understand, number one, why that is a rule. What is the problem? Is it because Dunlop can't afford rain tires? Or is it because you didn't bring rain tires because you can't bring another truck with rain tires? That's too much. So, uh, okay. I, I mean. I'm, I'm obviously a little irrational and mad about it. So go ahead. You bring the rationality to it, and I'm going to fire back up because I'm just over here with a just stoking the fire. I was mad about this for three days. <laughs> well, so I was pretty upset about lap one, um, and I think you would know why because it, lap one irritated me beyond measure. Um, <gasps> again, an American that looked like he had phenomenal pace on the first lap uh, catches paint and catches the catches the rumble strip that's on, on the him outside and that's on him tucks, yep. you know so I, I mean I was pretty irritated about that uh, to me to me that was so frustrating I, I mean he looked amazing all all six corners of the race that he raced um, and of course folks we're talking about camera Bobier now um, if you didn't watch the race um, it wasn't a very long race for some of the Americans uh, well for that American but <sighs> We did have another American almost knocking on the top ten, um, and Joe Robertson oh. the top inside the top ten by the time that this race was classified. Um, okay, so you just again. glossing over this whole thing where they can't they no, can't run no, the race gloss, and then they can't swap tires. And, I, no, I, I don't disagree. I wish that there would be something to enhance racing because obviously in MotoGP there's the two bike rule. They can come in, jump over, swap bikes, and look like it. You know, whenever they fall on their face and. Elisa Spargaro gets off his bike and spikes his bike in the pit lane. And, you know, why can't we do something similar? At least swap tires, like you're saying, um, and stage the bike for a certain or riders for a certain t- amount of time there. Um, I, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I, don't. I, I don't know if I would impose a certain, um, a certain amount of a minimum time sit in the pits, um, simply because this is the top level intermediate class. So to me, I would think that you need your A game team as well. So why not just let them come in, change tires, get over on the correct tires as fast as they can, and um, and and get out back, get back out on the track. I think that's fair because that that brings the team aspect into it. Um, right. I do it, wonder if it's a garage thing. I wonder if some of them. I don't. I don't think so. But I wonder if some of the Moto Two guys are intense behind. Uh, Okay, behind That's the main fair. garages, so fair because well, they do have a, a big inconsistency. I think some of the uh, some of the tracks that go to around the calendar, I think they are it, those those teams are behind um, some of the the main uh, main facility garages. But I also think that they could stage an area for those teams. So I think like the, in front of the MotoGP like K- garages, I think where KT, they uh, like teams like KTM do uh, that if they don't have a garage, they'll move those in the Tech Three teams. They'll move those up and they'll have a spot that's right outside the, their factory garages. Right, but I yeah right. But to your point, Sean Dillon Kelly scored his first real points of the year. So mm-hmm. whatever. Um, <laughs> 
I it, I know I'm happy about it. I just it you know it is what it is. I, you're not happy. I was mad. To focus on it because you're so mad at the other. You're, you're so mad at one thing. You don't want to focus on that little bit of good. It's not just one thing. I'm mad about Cameron Bobier crashing on the first lap. I'm mad about this thing about this thing where we have to stop the race two thirds of the way through. I, I'm gonna We're say so rigid and unflexible. I'm going to say know? something very unpopular, probably since we're we All are right. so heavy well heavier in the southeast. I would say. Um, I would like to see Dunlop go away, personally. I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> and I This is wonder, unscripted, folks. Just remember, this is yeah, all unscripted. No, we haven't talked in like no, no. two weeks. Me and Jason have right, not even spoken right. in two weeks. So here's the deal. I'm glad you said that because I wondered while watching the World Superbike races, is Moto America doing itself a disservice by being on Dunlop's? I think so. I think think so, so. too. Because I think that if we truly want our bikes and our guys to be ready to move to the world stage, and we're saying we're preparing them, and I did air quotes that nobody saw, then let's put the spec as close as we can. Mm -hmm. Because I, I realized watching Jake Gagne, who used to hand it to Loris Baz, not be able to get a sniff of Loris Baz at Portimao. A track that Jake has been to enough that he would have known. But I'm glad you said that. I would not be mad if Dunlop went away, but I think Dunlop is there because it's too much on Michelin to provide tires for the two classes. Yeah. But, and, but is it you know the question would be that is it too much for Pirelli to then invest? To, no, you know, we know that Pirelli's. Got, I don't think so. Pirelli's got a lot of irons in the fire, though. Obviously, you know they got World Superbike that they they work with. They have. Do uh, they F1. do British Superbike? I real I could answer that. I honestly can't. I, I would guarantee you that Pirelli I with F one and Pirelli I, with World Superbike are not even the same divisions, and that one doesn't affect the other. I would bet that. That's fair. That that's absolutely fair uh, from a business standpoint. So I, I, I'll I'll back I'll back that up and say you're right. Um, I'll, or I'll back my I'm statement right. and say you're right. Um, of course I'm right. Everybody I think knows. Bridgestones is a very popular brand. I, I don't know. I'd have to look that. I know Bridgestone. Really Bridgestone used to be the supplier circuit. for GP. Well, I understand you know? that. Yeah, they, no, I, yeah. I don't remember that. So I don't know where Bridgestone is. To your point, um, I think they're pretty. Heavy I don't know in the world endurance circuit. Okay, all right. Well, that's fair. But I think, I, I, I think if you know, I, I, I don't know when you go Moto Two to Moto GP, um, and what is the? Are they running Dunlops on the Moto Three bikes as well? Yes. Yes. So. When you're doing that, I think we may have discovered part of the problem with some of the riders. You know, they're coming up through Moto2. Mm-hmm. That bike for Moto2 is super stiff. The carcass is super stiff. They get to MotoGP. I don't know if it's more stiff or less stiff, if the carcass of the, the Michelin tire is more stiff, less stiff. It can't be soft. Right, but I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe if they went to Pirelli with the softer tire construction, it would be much different. But as I watched Jake Gagne, I felt like he was really struggling to get up and going on the Pirellis. And um, I wondered why that was. And then I wondered, should Moto America even be on Dunlop? But I know why we're on Dunlop. Dunlop... Mm-hmm is willing to put the money out to be there. Right. 
Um, and in Dunlop's defense, they don't, it doesn't get advertised very much that they're on the Moto2 bikes and Moto3 bikes. They don't talk about that a lot. They definitely don't have Greg White over there pumping it up every time he sees somebody come through a corner. Man, those Dunlop tires are doing great. There's so much life in them. I want to know how much Greg White gets a bonus every time he says Boom. Dunlop. It's got to be it's got to be at least 250 every time he mentions it. it. And I wonder if there's a pit board association giving him some props and some <laughs> some little some little slide some money under the table because that dude swears that every race no one has ever watched a motorcycle race. Hey man, we don't need that. The diehards, we know it. The people that are there paying for the subscriptions, we know it. The people that are at the race that maybe never been, they can't hear you anyway. So stop, please. Um, but, it, you know, I don't know, man. I, I I wondered about the problem why we can't do a swap, like go to, go to dry from wet or wet yeah. to dry mm-hmm. uh, in Moto2 like they do in World Supersport. It can be done. They just don't want to do it. And then we redo this thing where we shorten races. And in this race, you know, we got half points. So because they finished two-thirds of the race, they go back out. They go to do a warm-up lap. It's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, oh, no, we can't run. So I just, I don't know. And, and there are levels of conditions where it's unsafe if it's raining too hard, especially in Asia where when it rains. It feels like you're riding in a swimming pool, I'm sure. But, you know, I just didn't like how this race went down. But. Congratulations to Tony Arbolino for winning. Uh, Philip Salach, Philip Salach, uh, finishing second. That's a great finish for him. Aaron Kinnett on the podium. Good for him. Uh, he held Jake Dixon off again. Now, Aaron Kinnett not afraid of a lion. He's just not. Alonzo Lopez uh, did not have as good a race. Um, you know, but he finished fifth. Yeah, Ayagura was finishing sixth. But Augusto Fernandez only lost one point to Ayagura. But that championship is close. And, you know, I think this is just more evidence that regardless of what happens, Ayagura is going to be there. And that puts pressure on Augusto Fernandez, that he has to ride well. He has no room for error. And and really, neither does Ayagura, but he's been riding that way all year. Yeah. You know, and, and so I... That's really good. I, I am happy that Joe finished in the top 10. I am happy that Dylan Kelly, uh, Sean Dylan Kelly, finished and got some real points. Yeah, I'm I mean, not, he was mixing it up with Chalestino Vieira for a while. Looked like, I mean, it, it was, I, I want to say we saw his name pop up in the top 10. We did. You know, a couple we did. times. He, he, it was yeah, there, he did make so. a, He did make a pass, uh, but... Yeah. yeah, and and, and like but, I mean, this he he was earning it this weekend. So this is very like, positive. So who yeah. knew Sean Dillon Kelly was such a good rain rider? I mean, he is good in the wet, mm-hmm. or maybe it's it just it, it, it's bringing the conditions to where the things that these guys know that he doesn't know yet. You can't do those things, you know, and and he's learning. So it gives me some hope that um, next year Sean's going to be much much stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I you mean, learn you, so you learn so much in the rain too. I know you've never ridden in the rain before, so you you wouldn't really understand, you know, how the what the bike starts to tell you, you know, as you as you navigate around the track. Mm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm. so hopefully this will be, you know, this will Sean Dillon Kelly will be able to translate some of those feeling differences, you know, from the wet over into the dry as well, you know, and start those those different sensations on the bike, you know, feeling what the tires are a little bit doing a little bit better underneath of them, and getting them a little bit more front end feel, 
um, on a wet track and then trying to to reach that limit in, in a smart manner, uh, you know, on a dry track. Sure, sure, yeah. You got to be in a control. I, I can be. Yeah, I agree. Least, with you. you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, you know, but I, I thought there was some real losers. I I thought Pedro Costa did not have a great uh, did not have a great race. Um, some cat chancer crashing out was. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought we were about to see. Surprised. I, I can't. I thought we were about to see a Japanese rider win the Japanese Grand Prix and a Thai rider win the Thai Grand Prix. <laughs> it's too much and to I was ask. Gonna, my, Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. My mind was, yeah, yeah, too much to ask. Um, but it was unfortunate that he, he did fall. Um, but I, I guess, you know, for the, all those guys, they're on to um, Phillip Island with a super mm-hmm. close race. And um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think Phillip Island could be really, really cool. And I think a decisive blow will be dealt one way or the other. You know, Augusto Fernandez will go and win and get a good lead or, or I really put himself there. So I think something decisive will happen there, but in the MotoGP race, did you, Oh, you had something else to say. No, I was just going to reiterate some of the the concerns with Dunlop that we, that we talked about, you know, and I think that we saw this last year at, um, in France, when it was a little bit cooler, there were a lot of crashes in the uh, the first yeah. chicane in the turn in the the Dunlop chicane oh. at uh, at um, uh, uh, Le Mans. So yeah. I, and it was a ton well, of crashes that's what in we Moto know. Three and Moto Two both had Dunlops on it. Yep. There was you know there was some cooler temperatures. So if Phillip Island's cool, I'm really concerned what this weekend may end up looking like with these guys on, on Dunlops. And, yeah, and I'm looking Absolutely. to see if there's any kind of correlation there. Uh, you know what I mean? Look. That's the one thing that anybody, even the guys that love Dunlop, will tell you. When they are super hot, they are great. When they cool off, they could let go at any moment. And, yeah. and they that's take just more really than unfortunate. To warm up. They do. Yep. Yep. Ask that's me. that's yeah. what I hear. Yeah. Do you know for sure? Yeah, you're, that's, you're that's pretty exciting. Yeah, he told me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well... <laughs> That's all. I cryptid heard. hour, guys. Just, we're now. We just got our cryptid. No, we just got our cryptid reference. Uh, I'll mention the ancient aliens in a second. Don't worry, that's coming. Um, but in the MotoGP race, we saw the Rainmaster Miguel Oliveira uh, uh, put it up on the top step for KTM, which was amazing. Jack Miller, who himself is quite the rider in the rain, put in at second, and Francesco Bagnaia finishing third. Zarco finishing fourth and a great ride by Mark Marquez, mm-hmm. who I, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Mark, I want to be a fan. I'm going to at him at Mark. Marquez. I really want to be a fan. Let's sit down and have a chat. in Austin, this guy is otherworldly talented. It is unbelievable to me that he can do what he's doing after all he's been through mm-hmm. on a bike. That is a pile of, of garbage. Just do it. Just say it. it. Let's, get it. Let's rip the band-aid off me. now. And it's, Just say it. No. Doo-doo. No, not doing it. No. <laughs> it's a pile of crap. It is. Uh, no. But I, the day belongs. I, I just wanted to get that out there because that's been on my that's been on my heart since, since about the race. And I'm like, this guy is so good. He is so good. Uh, not like that. But 
like just thinking about how good he is to be yeah. able to do what he's doing mm-hmm. after all he's been through. Like no one with Honda can put a candle to him. No one has he's to your point, he is still the leading <laughs> he's got more points in his last two races. Then Paul Spargro has in his last six or something crazy like that. Come on. Yeah. Come on. How good is this dude, man? He is so good. But, you know, but I think even though it was a great ride by Oliveira, a great ride by Miller, I think the talking point was Zarco and not passing Bagnaya. What did you think? Because I had my own thoughts and I've heard a lot of the talk. But really, all I needed to see was the faces in the Premat garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After when they showed Ducati walking in there. Yeah. So, what I, do you think about this? Okay, I've I've not I've not seen any social media. I've not talked to anyone. I've talked to one person. That's actually my my boss at work because he he's into MotoGP and F1. And he's into motorsports. Um. And obviously, we've not talked. So, I to me. I've, I'm a little mixed on it because I feel that if Benyaya goes on to win this championship and this championship was won by less than X number of points, you know, what's your threshold? You know, three, I mean, less what, than three points. Whatever the next, well, whatever the next few races look like, you know, and we don't know what these races, the next uh, three race landscape looks like. Right. So this sure, could happen right. again. Um, yep. Uh, that's my my concern is what people will say about Francesco Bagnaia. Well, he couldn't win it unless Ducati, you know, the Ducati Cup that's going on right now inside of MotoGP that Bagnaia would not have won the championship had it not been for Ducati ganging up on other riders to make sure that he did win the championship. And I have a problem with that because we've watched Bagnaia go toe-to-toe with Mark Marquez before in dry at Mark, in Mark Marquez's back, backyard. Um, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen how strong that Benyaya actually is and how, and the last few races, we've seen just how poised Benyaya can be. Even if Benyaya didn't win, um, didn't, or excuse me, it didn't, wouldn't have gotten a, would not have gotten a podium this race. Um, you know, you're talking about Jack Miller, Miguel Oliver, and Yoan Zarco. And, and then three of the top four riders in this particular race are known for their wet weather prowess and mm-hmm. Benyaya who yeah. is, is what I said yes you're right and Benyaya who's really not known for his wet weather prowess still did not ride poorly in this race he was hounded and pressured by like you had said the uh, another worldly talent of Mark Marquez for quite a while 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 you and Zarco was on his horse to come protect yeah. him you know I mean Zarco had so much pace on that bike and then when he got to Benyaya and paid, played tail gunner, it, that, that's when it kind of sealed the on Benyaya was going to be on the podium. For, I, when I, I saw everything that I needed to see as soon as Zarco got behind Benyaya. Um, so, yeah, I, so I have a couple of thoughts. I, I do think that he hesitated, and he said as much. I do think that. I, but I also saw him have a moment or two yeah. uh, behind Bagnaya. And so what I think, because I saw Anaya pass Bagnaya. I saw Miller pass Bagnaya. And Anaya didn't even couldn't even hold the pace and got passed back. So I don't think there were specific orders. And I think in Zarco's mind it was, okay, 
I've had a couple of moments. I think I could get by, but if I mess that up, I, that could be that could be disastrous right. for me. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be a lot of people that say, "No, that's not what it did." And no, but none of us know the mind of Zarco, but Zarco, and Zarco did have an amazing pace when it started to dry out. And it's interesting that I heard the reason for that is because. The way the rain tires work, you want the pressure high so that they can move, so it can move the water between the blocks. Mm-hmm. But some riders, if they think it's going to dry up, they will lower the tire pressure, and they're not as good when it's raining. Okay, so then that way, when it does start, to, it's a it's a gamble almost, and it's what you're is what you know what I mean. They're they're banking on it to dry out, right? But for whatever reason, Zarco does start that way. He thought it was going to dry out, so he started with less tire pressure than Bagnaya and the rest. So Zarco the resulting just going out back in and kind of putting, licking, you know, sticking his thumb up in the air and seeing what what the bear. It's just what Zarco like. does. It's yeah. just Zarco. He just gambled. Now, if it had stayed, if the rain would have come back, Zarco would have struggled mightily the whole race. Mm-hmm. But because he did what he did, when the tire started to heat up and the air pressure started to go up, it wasn't as as bad for him as it was for the others. So, good job for him. But in reality, you know, he could have also easily burned that tire up pretty good and had a couple of moments and thought, I could do this, but is it worth it to me for a third place? Right. Is it worth having a cloud over my ride next year? You know, at this point, he's got some loyalty from the Ducati bosses. Yeah. You know, there there was a comment at the end of that race that, you know, Ducati kind of saved his career a little bit and took a chance on him. So, you know, was that a, a, an ode back to them or a nod to them to say, thank you. And, um, maybe I I don't think it was that much. I just think Garzarco wanted to be very cautious because he knew what was at stake, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get involved in that. You know, he Mark Marquez has no qualms. He didn't care. He'll yeah, get right I, involved I, I in mean, it. I was definitely a, a bit and he did when I saw that that you know that gap was coming down. I, I figured that's oh, you know that's not looking right. great. When Mark made that move, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my. <laughs> gosh. You know, I was like, just hold on, just hold on. And Mark did. And 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 to be fair, Mark has no reason not to throw that move. Mm-hmm. He should throw that move. He's a racer. He's got to know where but, he stands at the end of the day anyway, using that. You that's know, right. Test where that arm is right. going to be at. He's got to know what's possible. Right. I mean, you know, and, and so he's he's doing that. And he's, and he, he, he's just, I, I, I'll say it, I'm impressed. I, I just am. Um, but to that end, you know, um, the whole thing between Bagdaya and Zarco, I, I think – he could have passed him, but could he have done it safely and then held it and then won? Because one of the Premat guys said he could have won. I don't think so. I don't think he had that because as he was so much faster than everyone else. But you know mm-hmm. as well as I do, when those rain tires heat up, the amount of rubber that comes off of that tire is more than a slick because that's not what they're made to do. Yeah. And and so he made a gamble and I'm curious is if he went below the minimum air pressure standard because he was running laps a second faster than the fastest the number 1 guy in the race. That's pretty incredible. 
So either he is an un, he's great at mixed conditions. He always has been. But I'm wondering, I thought about that too. I was like, well, did he start out lower than he's supposed to? You know what I mean? Like, but it's as we talked about before. I mean, is there a deflate gate going to happen because yeah, of this? I mean, it's no. a, it's a we're, we're, I think, uh, it's a, it's basically a gentleman's agreement, right? Is the way that it's structured. <laughs> and it should be. It should not matter. I do not care that you put one bar less pressure than you're supposed to and you beat me. If, <laughs> If, yeah, I, it's the same. It's the Tom Brady argument. You care what that football is? You you think you think that's why he has won seven Super Bowls? That he deflated footballs? Well, then you're just looking for a reason to hate on Tom Brady. It's the same thing here. Like I, I don't care, but I did wonder about that because he was so much faster than everyone else. And I know that he wasn't the only one that said, "Ah, I'll just go a little bit lower." I, I figure somebody like Brad Bender would yeah. think of that, but he was intent. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but. The day belonged to Miguel Oliveira. I wanted, to, but I, I did think we needed to touch on that and acknowledge it. Right. <clears throat> to me, I think Bagnaya is going to win this championship by more than three points. Um, the the state that Yamaha's in right now, and Fabio's race, I was like, what is happening? He, so he had he had no chance. He he couldn't do anything. His lap times were atrocious so, for a guy so, like that. And Ange made a comment that he had lost like five or six kilograms, I think, in preparation for this race to try to be more competitive. Um, and I think that that kind of backfired given the weather conditions because we've seen traditionally so. you know, heavier, heavier riders are able to do more on the bike in the rain. Um, it, it's kind of, and these conditions have really kind of favored taller riders and, and heavier riders as well. So sure. you know, possibly that worked against him. I don't know, but... I mean, no Yamahas did great. I mean, Franco Morbidelli was the top Yamaha in, in 13th. So yep. It, yep. it's more so the I, same, really, for the general right. Yamaha landscape is what it really looks like yep. the, you know, the entire year. And, and if it's mixed conditions and bad weather again in Phillip Island, this could be an absolute disaster for Fabio. Yes. I mean, yep. I was picking him. I was like, oh, I was thinking dry weather, fast-flowing track. He'll get to use the corner speed of the Yamaha, blah, blah, blah. Listen, when it's cold and windy and wet, yeah. none of that matters. No. There ain't no there's no fast-flowing anything. Nope. It's I'm terrified the whole time. And if I don't have a good feeling, then I'm not going to go faster than everybody else. And he just can't afford to finish lower than 10th. Especially if Bagnaya is in the top five now, he can't afford any more less than tenth. He right. can't, not one. And <clears throat> unfortunately, it looks like he's just struggling, and I don't, I don't know why. But Oliveira, back to Oliveira. I keep saying it and then getting off of it. But Oliveira ran a tremendous race once again, showing that he is a supremely talented motorcycle pilot, and. I'm very interested to see if the Aprilia bike suits him and he can go fast because he'll make some noise on that bike, I think. I, I, mean, I yeah, really I, do. I, I mean, we know. I mean, obviously, Vinales is, has finally taken to it. Vinales is showing some pace. Alicia Spargaro has done, you know, fairly well on it all year long. Um, and, and Miguel Oliveira And that's is, the bike he'll be riding this year's bike, right? I think so. And, and so that's one of the, yeah. you know, I, I mean, aside from the Ducati, who has you know, loads and loads of data to, to share and apply across garages and across bikes. Um, the Aprilia, which is a, a 
new bike for you know this is the second year of this bike i think um from but first year for this iteration last year is it the first year i thought last year was very similar no no they wadded the the the, they wadded it up on the napkin like you were talking about this was this was a brand new yeah they they started over Um, but they made some really good choices yeah i mean this is a very good all-around bike um very good yep if if miguel Oliveira can jump on this thing and take to it very quickly yeah he could absolutely do something special with this bike in the dry i think and be fairly consistent and really kind of back up the the statements that he made earlier in the year saying that you know he he was one of the top claiming to be one of the top three riders in the uh in the moto gp grid God, every time he opens his mouth, I roll. It's my almost eyes, like though. the Aspargaro effect, I can't, right? I, mean, I can't. It, I cannot. It's irritating. When he but. when he said that, I rolled my eyes. Even though he was in the top two of the championship, I was like, "My man, <laughs> you don't you don't not have a win in two hundred and forty starts, and you're one of the top." It, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I'm I'm just sorry. There are so many more riders. There are so many riders in this paddock that have more wins this year. Than you have in your career, <laughs> so I'm I, I'm I'm I just need you to pump the brakes. But you're right about the bike. The bike is very good, and I'm interested to see Miguel Oliveira on it. The thing for me, though, I'm watching Jack Miller ride the wheels off the Ducati lately, and I'm like, man, are we going to see Miller go to KTM? And we're not going to get to see any of this brilliance unless it rains. I mean, really, and I hope not. Yeah, I don't. And I. Don't. I I'm excited for KTM next year. To be honest with you, I think I think Jack well, good. is going to bring a, a different dynamic to the team. He will. He definitely will. But I I read an article today where Pitt Byer was like, "Listen, we were 17 seconds faster at Aragon this year than we were last year. The bike is improving. Wow, it's just not there yet. Yeah, but that's also showing the improvements that the other manufacturers have made. Yeah, I mean." 17 seconds is so much time over the course of a race and they and they did and they they are improving and I think they will get it right and I think Jack is willing to test stuff to get it there and I think his attitude will be infectious you know how he likes to have fun he mm. keeps it loose I think that'll be great um but I, I really hope so because this especially like him winning you know in in Motegi was brilliant him this race, he was brilliant, and you know, given a couple of more la- couple more laps, he might have caught Miguel Oliveira. Um, he was he was kind of closing that down there, mm-hmm. but he did a great job. And and I think overall, I think Francesco Bagnaia did exactly what he had to do. You know, he finished the race number one, number two. He beat his guy. He's trying to catch. He picked up a lot of points. Even if he would have finished behind Zarco, he still would have picked up 13 points out of 18. He'd only be five behind now. And with the guy that you're chasing looking all out of sorts, you got to feel good about where you are in this moment. Um, So, you know, I, I, I just think, I did giggle to myself that Maverick Vinales couldn't beat Marquez. <laughs> 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 it's funny because it's true, um, but there were there were a few people that struggled that I was really surprised. You know, I and I thought 
when I saw the rain, I thought Danilo Petrucci might do a little bit more, but that was probably a bridge too far. He's been out for a while. He's never ridden that bike, you know. Yeah. I mean, but he yeah. did say, he did say after the race, if I had this bike, I wouldn't have retired. So, you know. But I, I think the big story of the day was Fabio and his lack, and he didn't even do the media debrief. I mean, he was mad. He was mad. And uh, my buddies from California, we used to do a little song when somebody would get mad. We would say, he's mad. He's sore. He doesn't want no more. His name is Fabio. You know, we used to do that to each other when somebody would get mad about something. And I felt like he was pouting a little bit. And I get it. I get it. But you know what, man? This is professional sports. You, you have to stand up there and answer the hard questions sometimes. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so he, he broke his – so he hasn't been on social media he hasn't, you know, so I, I feel like he's gone in the tank a little bit and that's a problem. Yeah. You yeah, know, I don't, I don't think he rides yeah. well like that. That's not gonna, yeah. I mean, that, that's not going to be able to, if, I mean, Philip Island coming up this week, you've got to, you've got to hit the reset button fast. Uh, you know, you yep. can't, you, you, you know, I mean, you give me crap all the time, you know, stop pouting, get back in the game, you know, and turn that frown upside down. Let's go. <laughs> And Me it, you're right. Giving you, know? you crap? Are you serious? I know. I don't. It, right? I, I, how? It's a little far fetched. I would never. Well, I. But, so, you know, so there's a garage that I do want to talk about in the, about this race. Yeah. All right. The Mooney VR uh, VR six garage. Forty six. Got 46. it. Yep. Sorry, VR forty six garage. Marco Betsaki looking amazing. Something happening. He's got to drop one position. And apparently he didn't get the memo to stop dropping positions. No, he... Um, so, one of the things that he did was he went with the higher tire pressure. So, as it dried and, out, it got worse yep, and worse. Gotcha. Yep. And, and his setting wasn't exactly right, mm-hmm. so it just magnified okay. it, right? Like, everything. He was like... So, he was basically trying not to die. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. It makes sense. You know, and then in the other side no, of yeah. his garage, Luca Marini. I was so upset with my wife for selecting Luca Marini um, for her fantasy team. <laughs> I told her, Friday, Friday, I said to her, "Do oh. not pick Luca Marini. He has finished every oh. single race that he has entered. If oh. you pick him for your fantasy team, he's going to crash." And that's exactly what happened. Somehow, you know what? some way, dead to me, Ange, dead somehow, to me. Somehow, some way, this guy still finishes a race. Crashes, he did finish a race. Two laps down, still finished the race. Yep, he he did finish the race, but he did he did have his first crash in a race in MotoGP. And you know what? If you're his team, you don't worry about it. anybody could have crashed in those conditions. Number one, but number two, okay, one crash in 56 starts. Okay, man, we'll give well, you that one. Yeah, no you worries. Still don't have Let's the move DNF on. To your name, so it's all good. Yeah, you still but, didn't DNF. But the the key is. Don't ever let Ange pick you for her fantasy team. I'll tell you what. Ange better watch out next time mad. I'm around her. I went off. I, no, I, I, you should have <laughs> been here. It was bad. It was bad. I went off. I was mad. <laughs> we, I think you and I might have some problems we need to spend some time on with a therapist. Like I, I get so frustrated with some of this stuff and I'm like, man, what am I talking? That's what like, this is for, right? That's- yeah. This is my therapy, right? Like this is, this is how I get to talk it out. I, 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 
I've been holding on to this irritation about the the Moto Two yeah. race for like well, a week and remember, a half. If you remember, like the first four episodes of this whole debacle of a podcast was was called Moto Therapy, and, uh, and then we decided to change it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did because there was there was somebody else with that handle on uh, Instagram, but you know I think I think overall the championship there's like you we could have there are six championships within MotoGP that still have to be decided. Obviously, Moto three, Moto two, and MotoGP, mm-hmm. but the team championship and the independent championship, um, you know, all the and the rookie of the year. All that stuff is still yet to be decided, so it's still a kind of an exciting year. Um, and hopefully, Yamaha will wake up and and make a dogfight out of it. Otherwise, it looks like Yamaha is going to lose it by like thirty points. I mean, oh my gosh! And if so, you would have told me at the beginning of this year that the Aprilia Racing Team and the Red Bull KTM Factory Racing Team were in the top three of the team championship in MotoGP, I would have laughed at you. Yeah, I think you know, we all would have laughed. I'm, no way they're going to be ahead of HRC, right? right. No way. Oh, guess what? Who Here we so, are. Yeah, who, who's... Here we are. <laughs> with yep. <laughs> with Mark Marquez and his teammate, Captain Dumpster Fire, <laughs> and his his satellite team, Taka Crashigami, and his brother, who's over there like, Mark. I don't even have but one you know, clip you, on. Yeah, you know you, you know Alex Marquez is just doing whatever he can. He's he he's got a Ducati poster in his bedroom right now and he's gonna one day, buddy, I'm coming. He, they Ooh. interviewed I saw an interview with Alex. He said I the reason I left was because I need to see if I can still do this. If I can't do it on that bike, then I don't need to be here. And I thought That's so that's, that's refreshingly such, honest. That's such a self aware statement too. I, I I respect that so much. Because he is a world champion, a two-time world champion, mm-hmm. and 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 I I feel like for him, it's probably been pretty tough to be in the shadow of your brother, who is tremendous, and you're like, hey, I'm also a world champion. Stop forgetting about me. But I am on this bike, and we we could only afford one wheel. You know, <laughs> that's all we got. But I I I just. I hope the best for Alex because I always have been a fan of Alex. Um, so, but we're going to see because this would be a very interesting um, Phillip Island. I don't know what the weather report is. I will figure it out when I start watching practices tomorrow. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for it. I, I'm excited that we're getting down to the end here. I'm not excited that it's going to end. I'm excited that we are getting to the championship deciding races, you know. Yeah. Um, that, that whole offseason thing is going to suck. That, yeah, the whole offseason thing is a joke. That's why they're having 39 races next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was talking about the F1 season. She said something. She goes, we're getting really close to that season when there's no racing. I said, well, pretty soon the F1 season is going to be 13 months long, so we're good to go. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to keep doing it, you know. But but let's talk about – let's move on over and talk a little bit about um, what we saw happening in – Portimao mm-hmm. in uh, World Superbike. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, what we saw is what we've been talking about all year. I, I think the best rider in that class is Top Rack. I think the best bike is Bautista's. And I think Johnny is best of the rest. Would you agree with that assessment? 
Yes. I have wow. to. I have to. I have to say that yes. Broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I, here's the the power of that Ducati on the front straight. Are you kidding me? So, uh, so that that okay, fair. That that yes, it, it's a, it's and we're going to need to talk about it. I mean, this is yeah. yeah, it's overwhelmingly fast. Now, a few years ago, they took away revs from Kawasaki. Um, I'm wondering, I don't want them to penalize Ducati because Ducati has done such a great job. I don't think that's the right thing to do, but I do think taking the reins off of the other manufacturers a little bit would be helpful. Yeah. It, I, I mean, this guy was making up almost a half second on the front straight. That's incredible, man. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he needed no no draft whatsoever no he he didn't draft at all he's like screw that draft i don't need it even take that line just no i'm gonna go this way Uh, yeah so i i I don't and i know they're talking about adding weight because bautista's such a small guy or taking revs but i don't want them to do that i I would rather them say okay kawasaki you can do a, a thousand or 500 more revs yamaha same thing a thousand or 500 more revs because if you put weight on the bike, you probably change the handling characteristics of the bike. Right, which and, we already you can already tell doesn't handle it, it still it handles well. It, you know, I mean, traditionally Ducatis don't you know handle well. They're bigger and they're heavier and they're harder to turn. But obviously, this bike is is much more of an all around performer than in the V four. You know, we've got several friends that have the bike that are, that are in love with the bike and think it's a, such a, it's an awesome machine, um, and but but you do see areas where the Kawasaki um, has tremendous corner speed. Um, it's the same with the Yamaha. The Yamaha has great corner exit, you know, and and pretty good corner speed as well, and is really good on the front end. So no, I agree. Yeah. I wish that that don't penalize Ducati as far as taking power away or usable power away, but allow more usable power in other manufacturers to be implemented. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's the way to go. I, but I just want to take a second and just acknowledge the job Ducati has done in MotoGP. We already talk about it all the time. But what a street bike they've created. Yeah. I mean, this the V4 has to be one of the biggest jumps in performance. Like one, it has to be like one of the biggest innovations and jumps in performance. In and since I can remember, I, I know there's probably been a bigger one. I just can't recall it. But I, I remember when the cross plane came I would out say with the Yamaha. The cross plane was one of the, the yeah, big and I remember you know? re- it was, and it sounded so different, right? And it was mm-hmm. so, and and it and it had it was its own. But I mean. Do you agree? I mean, am I crazy? I mean, I just look at this bike and I'm like, man, what a job Ducati have done to create a production motorcycle with the power. And (laughs) come on. And now, obviously, this one's not the same as the one you get from the showroom floor. But yeah, but it it, the 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 heart of it is they they I just man, unbelievable. Unbelievable motorcycle. What a piece of machinery. But 
with all that said, you know, they still didn't win but one race this weekend. And that's because Raz Gatlioglu was riding like a madman. Mm-hmm. That guy is so good, Bo. He's so good. Change my mind. Try to change my mind. I can't. I can't. I, I mean, he he knows what he has to do, and he goes out and he does it. You know, or, or he or, or he'll it's crazy, you know, right? It's, like you think, no. How many times in that Super Bowl race did he pass him? Yeah. The, the he doesn't care the what the end. rear end of that bike is doing. No, that's the thing. <laughs> Not at Every all. single time. It's unbelievable to watch him ride. It, it's unbelievable. I just, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, but he won race one. And Alvaro Bautista finished second. Mm-hmm. Johnny Ray finished third. Johnny Ray took off like a shot, but couldn't hold it. And I never thought he was going to. Did you? No. No, I, I didn't. Um, you know, the only the only hope you, is that we you had didn't? was just you know, okay, in that last sector, the Kawasaki had to be there, and it just wasn't. When you saw the gap start to increase, you didn't, you knew it wasn't going to happen again. Um, but no, and, and you know, as as now I, I you know, I and have, then I as soon as Top Rack wanted to, to go, he just closed it at will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else you could say. You know, I mean, it's. it's it, it, what's you know, the obligation? No, I was going to. As an, I, you know, I feel obligated to to be a Team Green fan. You know, since I, now I have a Kawasaki, but um, I have many Kawasaki's. But um, it, it's painful to watch sometimes, and it's. And I don't think it's anything. Yeah, me that, too. That 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 Ray is not doing well. I think that Ray is still riding smart because Ray's still bringing the bike home. He's not overriding the bike. Um, he knows the limit of the bike where he has to be at. Um, and unfortunately, but he's on the, the absolute bike, limit. Yeah. But, but the, the fact but the bad thing is, is the limit of the bike just isn't good enough. Um, we've talked about it a few times that no. I think the Kawasaki does so many different things. Well, it just doesn't do one thing tremendously well that can set it apart. It um, seems to turn better. Yeah. yeah that, it seems that, to turn better than the mm-hmm. Ducati, but, but it just has, nothing out of the corner for it it has nothing it's just so do you think yamaha or kawasaki are going to have to make kind of a quantum jump forward in what they're producing for the market in order to catch can they just modify their inline fours to catch the power of the ducati so i i think that i think it's a tall order I think it is too. I think it's also you know, the character of the engine and how it makes its power. Um, you know, obviously we saw we talked we touched briefly on the cross plane, you know, and, and the introduction right. of the cross plane and the way the cross plane makes power. Um, it, it does have a lot more of that low end in in mid range uh, torque behind it that can help it, you know, jump out of a corner. Which we see that's one of the you know top rack strengths on that bike. We've we've I don't know if you've ridden an R one. I've, I've ridden a couple R ones. I've ridden the new generation cross plane. I had the old generation cross plane. Never, um, never. They were, you know, that's one thing about the bike is it just it pulled like a freight train. You know, it just didn't stop. Whereas, you know, the Kawasaki's, we come out of a corner and you have to you have to kind of wind it out. You have to let it build up and go, and it it still pulls very hard. 
but it just it was just such a different delivery than what the cross plane really felt like um but to 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 go back to the question um and not being an engineer you know for full disclosure not an engineer but um i i think that to look at how it makes power is really key in in extracting usable power out of it right so how is that engine going to make power from kawasaki from a a standpoint and are you just looking for top speed are you looking for that acceleration to stay there as well you know what kind of what are you going to do with compression um you know and it's i think it's a there's a lot of r&d hours that are going to have to go into it and we've seen how hesitant japanese manufacturers are to really kind of change their pedigree um, because we may be getting into an yep. area where the inline four is almost is almost tapped out, right? Um, we've seen in MotoGP. Uh, yeah, there's not, we'll see. There's there's yeah. only two, only going to be one manufacturer left after this year that's running an inline four. Um, everyone else has gone to a V4 uh, configuration. We know that Honda has done a V5 configuration, you know, back in the day. But you know, in World Superbike. Um, there's still uh, Honda still on an inline fours, Yamaha still on an inline four. All the you know the Japanese manufacturers are still running those inline fours, um, and and I would love to see what an an Aprilia, a new age Aprilia might look like in World Superbike. You know, obviously Max Biaggi won was it four championships in a row on the old generations RSV four possibly. Um, was it four in a row? No, he did he. No, he did not win four in a row. He did win two championships. Two, I'm sorry. That's what, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. I'm, I apologize. Um, yeah, it's really close, though. Yeah, yeah. Only 50% devious. Um, <laughs> sensationalism. That's what we do here on Part in Turn we One. We sensationalize it. We've got to, to, to draw attention and draw that. We have to make that eyebrow raise up, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, I, I so to your point, now, the RC, the RCV is a V, isn't it? They're not running an inline four in MotoGP. No, it's Honda. a V four. Yeah, so they're not running that. as indicated by and, the V. Right, exactly. So I was like, I thought you said they were still running an inline. They're no, not. So Suzuki no. and Yamaha are the only ones running it. Um, and I, to your point, I, I think we may have seen the end of it, or close to the maximum they can. So the problem they with can that, do. though, is the problem that you're going to get into, though, I think that Japanese manufacturers are going to have to, in justifying a switch to something like that, is that's also going to drive the cost up for consumers. At the Very end the much so. I was just about to bring that you up. Know? I mean, right. And I, we're already struggling to sell motorcycles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a di- I mean, it's a dying interest market, uh, interest point. You know, it's and I don't say dying, but I say it's very niche. You know, it's not a very widespread, thing, especially with the onset of electric motorcycles. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, 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 right. So, so that your answer is basically no. We took ten minutes to get to it, but you don't think they can do it without a, a real quantum leap forward in some sort of engine design. Right. They right. don't think they can catch them. They, not with the current platform, like the current inline four platform. You don't think it's possible. I, I personally don't think so. Well, I mean, I, the, so for instance, let's but, take, let's take that new Aprilia Trenta X yeah. that they just put out. That's a V4, mm-hmm. 230 horsepower. I have never seen 
a production in line four that could even be tuned without cracking the motor case to 230 horsepower. The the new V4R mm-hmm. is 220 or 215 right out of the box stock. So there's definitely a power difference because I know that my bike, my 2020 ZX10 was 179 horsepower to the wheel out of the box stock. And now it's 198 with a tune and a air filter and an exhaust. But, and you know, we're, we're I'm still talking about it. these V4s and, and, you know, saying it's not po- you know, possibly not possible with a, uh, or not likely with an inline four, but BMW is still dumping their research and development and, and effort into the V into the inline four. Um, uh, so I think that there there stands to be some if, reason behind that those right, decisions. If, Obviously, BMW is not a front running bike in in World Superbike, but but it seen, is one of the fastest through the speed traps. Yes, exactly. So so there's there's something to take away from that too. So yeah, if anybody can do it, it's the Germans. Right. They'll figure it out. You know. But let's talk about racing. Would you please quit getting me off top topic? God, always do this. But I. I so, we saw Rascatliaglu ride a tremendous race. Bautista waited for his opportunity. He kind of got mired back there a little bit. Came through, came through on Ray, finished second, to only lose five points in race one on his big lead. And then Ray finished third. I thought it was another great ride from Axel Bassani. He was right up there fighting at the front for quite some time. He started mm-hmm. to fall back. Lowe's finishes fifth, which is pretty, pretty customary. He's always in that top five or six. Um but one of the people that I, I you know, Gerloff finished 10th um, and Baz right in front of him. But, we you know, we had the other American in the race, Jake Gagne, and he finished, six, he finished uh, I'm sorry, 19th after starting in 16th. And that was disappointing for me. And we talked about that. Like, mm-hmm. if Gagne comes over there and doesn't score points, man, we're going to look at our championship a lot differently, right? So... I didn't expect him to come over and be in the top five. I, I no way in the world do I think he can outride Toprak mm. or Bautista or Ray, but I did hope that he would be closer to the top ten than he was in that first race. Um, so, I what were I, your thoughts? I guess I would ask how much practice time Gagne's had on Pirellis. Well, he's been he he rode a season, so he knows the Pirellis. Well, he's but he, on he, his bike exactly. He's, yeah, he's I also know. yeah. He, has he ridden a Richard Stamboli tuned and attack performance oh, setup bike on Pirellis? Are you talking crazy? You're talking crazy. No, um, I'm sorry. I, asked I don't know questions. Oh, really? No, he did not have much time. And right. as the weekend went on, he did get better. Yeah, so, but uh, just marginally. Yeah. Right, just marginally. Where did he finish in second in the in uh, race two, full length race two, in fifteenth? Okay, so he had a point. So he went up four spots. So he did. But he, he did. He finished better than Nozani, right? In race two, who doesn't? You and I finished better than Nozani, who somehow got a Moto two ride. Somehow he got a Moto two ride. You know why he got it? Yeah, Be- because he could probably bring that. money. We can't. Yeah, yeah we- he could bring money, but. But he got a Moto2 ride with the VR46 Master Camp. I wonder if he's going to go out to the ranch and Ballet is going to be like, hey, man, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. 
But in race two, you know, we saw Bautista won that race, and Toprak fought hard, tried to do it. But as the, we should mention that race one was shortened for something that I have been avoiding, but I guess we should talk about. In the first race of the World Supersport 300, there was an accident, and Victor Steeman lost his life. Mm-hmm. Um, two years and two lives have been lost in that class. That's tough, man. Yeah. Um, young kid, he was 22 years old, uh, and one of the bright lights in that class and had plans to move up to the Supersport class Next year, uh, uh, the the sport is so cruel sometimes. I, obviously, you know, I, I'd hate empty platitudes, but obviously we all felt it in the community. You know, people that love racing, we, I mean, it's just no good. I mean, he, you know, I, I know that all the guys there and he was, he didn't want to leave this earth that that time, but he was doing what he loved to do. Um, he was yeah. a great racer and by all accounts, a great person. And, um, it's just too bad that that happened, but they did shorten race one and the superbikes because they were out on track working on him to 12 laps, which really helped and evidenced by race two when the last six laps top rack just couldn't hold the pace with Bautista. Um, so Bautista wins it. Top right finished second, and Ray again finishing in third. Um, Rinaldi fourth, and Lowe's in fifth, so there's Lowe's again. A much better race by Redding. He finishes in seventh. Um, Gerloff with another top ten. Mm-hmm. He crashed out of the Super Bowl race. Um, but, you know, Gagne finishing in the, the top and getting one point was an improvement. What did you take away from race two? Did you see anything different? Anything you wanted to talk about? Honestly, no. I mean, it's these races almost seem like they're they're on repeat sometimes. Um, and what I mean by that is you have Jonathan Ray getting a great start, to top rack eventually catching Ray and passing him, and Alvaro Bautista just waits his waits bides his time and then is patient. And waits till Ray and Bautista, or excuse me, waits till, waits till Ray and Top Rack roast their tires trying to get away from him, and then he just uses the bike to pass him. Gerloff eventually crashes. That's that's kind of what these. That, that's kind of what the the that's the normal rhythm, you know that that World Superbike weekends have for me at the moment. Um, so you know, I try not to. Uh, I try not to get let my emotions get. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get the wrong expectations going into a weekend <laughs> um, or get my hopes uh, it, up too much. Yeah. No, you, you're not wrong about the rhythm of it. I, I think, I think it's definitely the year of the, the Ducati. I think top rack is showing us though, just how good he really is and mm-hmm. what you have to be able to do to beat him. So if you beat top rack, when he's riding like that, you got to tip your hat to whoever did it because I mean, that guy's a monster. He is so good. And, um, you know, and, and Ray is no slouch. I mean, that's the thing. You know, Ray was th- over three seconds ahead of the fourth place guy. So it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, 
Ray is just on a really good bike. He is a tremendous talent on the motorcycle. Maybe the best world superbike rider to ever do it. Right. Maybe. Yeah. But he has right now in the in the twilight, I would say the twilight, because I think he's coming into the last contract, which is two years. I think it's the last two years of his career. I I think he's he's running into a buzzsaw named Top Rack Raz Gatlioglu. <laughs> it's just a guy who just has an incredible amount of talent. Um and and then there's that that red bike that just is it's just so powerful. It's it gotta is. be demoralizing yeah. for them. It's gotta be. I'm I'm four I'm point four seconds ahead. I am point four seconds behind and I haven't done anything but hold my throttle wide open. So, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I you're right. That's the way I felt about it too, and I I just uh I wish that I didn't feel like every time I turned it on that somehow Top Rack was gonna take it to Ray and that somehow Bautista was going to get past both of them because his bike's so fast. Yeah, there's you, you operate in inevitabilities at some point. You start to. As a yeah. fan, as a fan, you start to. So I think if you're talking from a business perspective, you don't want that. You don't want what we're feeling right. as World Series yeah, Bike. Yeah. You want us turning it on every time with bated breath because we can't wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they've got to do something, you know, and like I said, I really and truly do not want them to punish Ducati. I yeah, want that, them that, to that bike should take be the, neutered. Yeah, not at all. let's take the restraints off the other guys, and you know. But let's talk about Supersport for a few minutes. We got a little time here. Do we? Yeah, sure. We got all the time we want. <laughs> um, this just in: Agater's still good. <laughs> uh. I mean, he he didn't have a great race one, and some of those guys were putting some hard moves on him, too. Mm -hmm. So he survived it, finished off the podium, finished fourth. But Stefano Manzi, what a great ride, won race one. Baldessari wins race two. And Caracasulo, I mean, I'm sorry, Baldessari finishes second in race one. And then Caracasulo finishes on the podium with Agater in fourth. Um, But in the second race... Agater tried to get away at the beginning, couldn't do it. But then, because the race wasn't shortened again, mm-hmm. the last six laps, nobody could do anything with Agater. He just he just does what he does. And he finished first in race two. Rafael De Rosa was up there in race two, finished second. And Ken Chu finished third. I was, I think Ken Chu has turned a corner. Did you know he was turning some crazy lap times in the last half of that race? Yeah, but did you also notice that every time it showed Keenan Safoglu in the Yamaha box, Chan Chu was sitting right beside him? Yes, I so did I, notice I, that. I, mean, I think there's a short leash there. I think you called it last time that we spoke about this. Um, you know, that you think, you think Chan Chu was living his best life, and Keenan Safoglu reeled him back in and said, Hey, you know, it's time to get to work. Um, so yep. if that's the approach, it obviously is taking effect and it's, it's doing, yeah. it's working for, uh, for on now, but yeah, no, I was, I was pretty excited to see Manzi win, to be completely honest with you. I, I, um, I was know, cool but, to see the Daytona win and yeah, get on the I top mean, step, right? If I didn't, um, is that a day? Is that the, is that a Daytona? I think those are the street dribbles though, right? Those are, those are titles. It's a six, street, seven, five. It's a seven, six, five. I'm sorry. 
Seven six. No, yeah. it's not a seven six. Is it? Yes, it's a seven six five. I it's thought it was the, a six it's seven the, five. It's the it's street triple seven six five because also I think the the MV Agusa that's in it's the new age super sport because I think the MV Agusa is the F three eight hundred that's in this class. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't think that. Is I thought that I it was the Daytona so. six seven five. Thought that was part of this new age super sport. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I will find out. We'll, we'll research that. But it, it could very well could be. But the seven six five is the Moto two motor. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's the same motor as the Moto two motor. They're it allowing. Should be. Uh, it should be. I'm trying to pull the. Oh, uh, you know what? I know it. I know that that's right in Moto America. Nobody ran it, but. Which I think is a know. shame. I mean, honestly, that. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Triumph fan. I, I, if I didn't have a Kawasaki, I'd probably have a 765 Daytona. Um, yes, the MV Agusta right. is the F3 800 RR, and okay. the uh, it is well, it's listed as a Stri- Triumph Street Triple RS. So I'm going to assume um, that is the 765 engine. Okay. Well, I, I think that's pretty cool. So it is yes. Um, that's right. That's pretty cool. So, oh, now here we go. It's a Daytona 675R in World Super Sport. Oh, sorry. Never mind. That was from 2017. But so it is, it's probably the 765, like you're saying, because if it's the street triple, then that's what that is. So that's pretty cool. But it was good to see a different manufacturer up there. It's kind of been, you know, it's the Agator show, one which yeah. makes it the Yamaha show, which, you know, um, which is, but still, he really, and I don't know how they neuter the, the seven, six, fives and the eight hundreds or, and they, you know, what kind of, uh, I think the cams or whatever they can build on the six hundreds now to, to bring those up to, uh, to performance levels. But I mean, watching a, an, an R six, you know, battle these, some of these bigger bikes is it's still, it's still cool to watch that, but I was really glad to see Manzi get a win on the seven, six, five though. It was good to see. Um, you want to see? You want to hear something crazy? So Dominic Agurter has three hundred and seventy-four points in the championship, which is forty-five points ahead of Lorenzo Baldessari after the weekend. Mm-hmm. So he he picked up some more points. Canon choose in third, and if you haven't looked, guess at Canon choose point total. One ninety-four. Uh, you did look perfect. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So he's almost he's a hundred and eighty points ahead of third place. Is that incredible? It's like the Marquez incredible. show. It's like Marquez, yeah, twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean it's unbelievable. Now Bautista is up by fifty six points, and then by eighty eight points over. Uh, um, I'm sorry, 82 points over Johnny Ray. Mm. And then after in fourth place, he's 216 points ahead of Ruben, Michael Ruben Rinaldi. But don't forget, they race three times a week and get points three times versus yeah. only two times a weekend for Super Sport. For, yeah. su- su- super Sport. And I, that's just incredible. I mean, what a year. What a two-year run he's had in that class. Um but what else you got for Super Sport? Anything? Not much, man. I, I mean, I think we touched on well, you know the the high level stuff, and well, we did. But we have to, we can't go out without mentioning Kayla Yakov. 
who went over and ran in the R3 Blue Crew Series and did a tremendous job. Tremendous job. Put it on the podium twice over there at Portimao. I mean, just unbelievable. And, you know, maybe it's Kayla Yakov as the American hero that we need. Maybe she's the one. I mean, I, I could not believe how well she did. And, you know, she's the first woman to win a, first and only woman to ever win a Moto America race. And she goes over and, and does that. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, tons man. Of to, tons of potential. It's, it's just so good to see her on the podium. I mean, she, I, I mean, how in the world did I not know that was going to happen? Like, she's just done a tremendous job. She, man, I, I just, I was so thrilled for her to put it on the podium twice um, and to be up there racing with a big-time series over in Europe and to do that, right? Like, that's yeah, a big yeah, deal. absolutely. That is a big, big deal. And, and I'm, willing to, I'm willing to bet that she doesn't have a lot of time on Portimao either. <laughs> no, she does not have a lot of time on Portimao. That's the thing, you know. It's and, not like driving down to CMP and running, you know, track days every weekend. Yeah. So she she led most of the race and just came up a little short at the end and got P2 at race, in race two. And she, um, and she finished fourth in race one. I mean... Those are kids that knew that track. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. We just have to mention it. So there's hope for America yet. It's not Jake Gagne. It <laughs> might be Kayla Yakov. It could be Tyler Scott. It might be Rocco Landers. Although, be honest, can you imagine a guy named Rocco as a world champion? I don't think so. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> You're the you hate America. <laughs> Do you hate Oregon specifically, or is it just all of America that you hate? I, I mean, haven't been. I on. can't pass judgment specifically upon Oregon just yet. So okay, well then, you know what? We just lost all of our Oregon listenership. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's how. Um, that's the the terrible part about that is that's like Cryptid Central. I mean, the Pacific Northwest. That's where they're all located. So yeah. Well, listen. Don't worry about that. There's some pyramids in those forests as well. <laughs> some staircases, <laughs> some staircases that St- lead to nowhere. <laughs> yep, just staircases to random places. Everybody's like, "Oh, the the Native Americans they they just built stuff for no reason." No, they didn't. No, they didn't. But you know, I think I, I was just so impressed by what Kayla Yakov was able to go over there and do. I, all credit to her, man. As a matter of fact, Bo would like to sponsor you next year in some capacity. Bo, get your checkbook out. All right. Because, because I don't think she needs to stay here. Um, no, no. And I, I was so I was actually going to ask you your opinion. No, I, I don't want to sell what she's done short at all because you know I'm, I'm I'm really happy that she was able to go over there. I'm really happy that she had the results that she did, and she really cut her teeth against the European riders. If you, if you give me a butt, I'm going to kill no, you. No, 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 I, I don't want to, I don't want to, it's going to be a slight butt, but it's going to be a good, it's going to be a, 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 for a good reason. Um, do you think that going to World Supersport or, or approaching that championship 
is selling herself self slightly short at this moment. Um, when there is when she could possibly have an in, or could compete in the Red Bull Rookies Cup. Or do you think that that's I like, a later I like that you issue? asked that question because there's a there's something I want to bring up. Okay. And the, this since we've had the two deaths in World Supersport 300, there is a question because we don't have a ton of people coming through World Supersport 300, going into Supersport, doing really well, and then moving to Superbike. We have a few. Manuel Gonzalez was one. Um, uh, the the. Oh, what's the guy's name this year in Supersport uh, on the Kawasaki? Anyway, there are a few, but very few. So the question is, is this the right class? Uh, Safaglu, uh, Bahattin Safaglu came mm-hmm. through that. Um, so is this Huerta? And Huerta came through that. So we've got a few, but we don't have a ton. And so there's some questions of whether or not that's the right way to bring them up. The thinking behind that was was that they're the 300, 400s, they're huge in Asia, right? Like those bikes are huge. Yeah, yeah. They're great for transportation. They sit gas sippers, whatever. So they thought, what well, we'll do that. But they don't have a lot of races in Asia. You know, World Superbike does not go to Asia that much. Right. And and so you're you're doing that, but then you're only racing in Europe except for one, two, three rounds. You do one round in Asia. One in in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. That's it. So there's some question whether or not that's the thing. So do I think she should go to Rookies Cup or do I think she should go to World Super Sport 300 was the question. I say Rookie Cup all day because I don't care if you win 50 World Super Sport 300 races if you don't win super sport or super bike races, nobody cares. Yeah. You're not relevant. And the reason I know that is because MotoGP has been retiring guys that are six and seven and putting them in the, you know, the honor, making them legends that are six and seven time world champions that never won a big class. And they're people nobody's ever heard of them. So if if you're asking me so did you know who Hugh Anderson was? No. Right. Hugh Anderson won a ton of championships. He was a tremendous rider from New Zealand. He won a ton of championships. And and he in fact he's the only one ever from New Zealand. He did win a 500cc world title, but most of his wins were 125 and 250. So if you don't win in those classes that are bigger, nobody cares. And if you go to World Super Sport 300, I feel like you can just get stuck there. And then mm-hmm. you don't have a ride, you're too old, and you move on. And then maybe you're back in Moto America trying to do something and finish at the back of the pack in 600s. You know, we saw a, a woman world champion in the Supersport 300 class. And what has that done for her career? Well, she won that. And since then, what has she done? Right. Now, she had a big injury. Right, yeah. The big injury was an issue. and Yeah, but she's still racing, but she's not relevant. And she should be. 
because she achieved something that no woman before yeah. her had achieved. 100%. So I I say Rookies Cup, let's see what you have against the boys that are being tabbed as the next great ones from Spain and Britain and, and Italy. Let's yeah. see what you have against mm-hmm. those boys. Because if you don't, then then go to World Super Sport 300. But try that. If you have an opportunity, try that. But we did see Jake Gagne win that, and then nothing came of it. So I think it just it just is the perception of you as a rider. If they don't think you can do it on a big bike, they may not even give you a chance. They're not going to wait and see. They're just not going to give you a chance. Yeah. And I would be very hard-pressed to find a woman that could ride a MotoGP bike anywhere close to the level of a, let me think, a Polo Spargaro, who's irrelevant in the MotoGP championship. Yeah. Do you think there's a woman in the world that could outride him at that level? Like consistently, you know, like beat him on that on a on a MotoGP bike. Well, I think that's I think a loaded you, I, question. Um, I think you'd, I think you'd be hard pressed to find one at this moment. Now, in five years, that might be Kaylee Yakov. I'm yeah. not saying it can't yeah, happen. That's the thing is, yeah, if it doesn't exist, why can't it exist? You know what I mean? Let, let's, it, no, let's, it can exist. Yeah, it, it just exist, doesn't. You know what I mean? Let's, right, let's right. Open the, open the door there. Yeah. Well, look, yeah, I know that Anna Carrasco can't do it. Right, right. I know yeah. she can't. We we know she can't. Um, and and then the uh, what's the other what's the other young lady's name that races? Um, Maria Herrera. Herrera. Maria, Maria Herrera. Herrera. We know she can't do it. But Kaylee Yakov might be the one. Right. And I would one hundred percent support it. So, go race the rookies cup. Let's see what happens. If you finish twentieth, okay. But if you finish third or fifth or even top 10, there might be something there. Yeah. So I say you can't, you, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? You do. <laughs> so I say swing for the fences now because if you're scared, yeah, you, don't wanna... you end up like Cameron Bobier. Well, and you also start seeing, you start seeing how, how contracts start to, to, to age people out like con- contracts seem to, to tie hands quite a bit. I think that, and before you know it, you've lost two years. You know what I mean? If you have, if you don't get in now, well then you can say, well, I'll try it next year. But then if your contract doesn't line up, if contracts don't line up, you can't get one signed, but then you're going to have to wait another year or two years before that cycle comes back around again. So you've lost three years now of development that you yep. could get in and actually, you know, yep. be competitive. And that's a big, big deal. That's a huge I, I just, deal. yeah, absolutely. I point to Cameron Bobier. Yeah. For all the reasons we've talked about it. He's a homebody. He didn't want to leave home. He didn't mm-hmm. have a great experience the first time. He got, he got beat up over there and he didn't like it. He came home and then he went back and tried again. It's too late, man. You're 28. You won five straight or whatever it was national titles here. And maybe that's the, the X factor that, that Kayla Yakov might be able to bring to that kind of that setting, you know? Um, yeah. and it, and it could lie in the fact that she, she is a female, you, you know what I mean? It could buy that. She's always had to come up to bat, um, with the metaphorical two strikes against her. 
So that's all yeah. she is, is just yep. a ball of yep. grit and determination that she's going to come hey. out swinging. And she doesn't care who, she doesn't care if it's a boy or girl, you know, man, woman, child. She doesn't care. She's going to come out swinging and she's going to go and she's going to win. At all costs, if, she's going to go yeah. out and win. And maybe that's If you don't that think she she's take. experienced some, uh, if, if, if you don't think Oppression. it's been hard on yeah, her. Yeah. 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 If you don't, if you don't think that she's faced some discrimination in that paddock, you're crazy. Right, and she's 100%. fought through it, and she's a great rider. And mm-hmm. you can you couldn't tell me in today's climate that a company wouldn't want to be all over the sponsorship of a female that is beating the snot out of guys on a motorcycle. Yeah, there are hundreds of companies that would just take our money, please. They would write a blank check for that if she could do it at the highest level. They would because that would be unbelievable. You know, groundbreaking, uh, uh, glass ceiling breaking. What call it? Whatever you want, I would love to see it. And of course, I want it to be Kayla Yakov because she's an American. Yeah. So you know, spangly. I, I really would like to ever. <laughs> oh God, please don't do it. Don't spangly it. But I, I don't care. I would love to see any woman do it, but especially an American woman would be really cool for us as fans. Yeah, we have so, to be nationalistic that way. So that's right. No, if an Italian woman was doing, it, I would still think it was just as just as cool. Well, not as uh, in cool, terms of no, no, just but like in terms of the groundbreaking right yeah, things yeah, that yeah, are happening, yeah. like the the breaking down of barriers, the perceptions and and the stereotypes and all that. I'm with you. Fly that flag. I'm with you, but. If it's American woman, it's more better. Well, now I'm grabbing one of those flags and beating <laughs> people with it from Europe. So maybe there's an assault charge in there. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. But yeah, man, I I don't know. It, it was a. I I wish we'd have gotten to talk about the uh, the Thailand race immediately because I was steaming about it. <laughs> I was so mad about that Moto Two race. It's ridiculous, but I was mad. So. And then I think what set me off first was Cam Bobier crashing on the first lap. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. It's just, it, it, I mean, it's the yeah. battered, it's it's the battered fan syndrome. You know, you keep coming back. You want him to do well, and then he just lets you down. And I, listen, uh, if if I start seeing Cam get to the front on the first lap, I'm just gonna turn the race off. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the best thing to do. Pause. That's the best thing you do for your own sanity. And, and go away. out and have a great, just have a great rest of my day. <laughs> go watch the car, <laughs> cut the grass. Yep. Don't listen. Don't look at so Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Just enjoy the rest of my day. Have a glass of tea, you know, sit out there and <laughs> just enjoy the weather. Maybe, maybe put a little fire in the backyard. Do some s'mores. Go watch World you know? Superbike, you know, something yeah, else. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything else. But yeah, so. Well, Bo, I, I've had a good time tonight. We've we've rambled on about random things and uh, basically just filled up a couple of couple of minutes for no reason at all. But hopefully, we give some people something to listen to and yell at the radio while they're driving down to the track this weekend yeah. at CMP yep. or wherever they might be riding. Um, but I am riding at CMP this weekend, so I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get back on the bike. Yeah, I've. Uh... I've got. To, I actually flushed the coolant last weekend and uh, put put actual coolant back into it. Put it up for the winter time. I've got to uh, help run a wedding this weekend. Unfortunately, um, well, I'd say sounds terrible. Unfortunately, but you wow. know, 
That's the way. That's the season we're in right now. That's that's what Bo said. Everybody, don't get married. Bo (laughs) says, don't get married. That's Bo's marriage advice. Don't get married because then your wife chooses your rider and makes him crash in the the Indonesian or the the Thai round. No one wanted that. No one wanted that, and it was super selfish, Ange. So selfish, but it is what it is. But uh, yeah, is that all you've got for tonight, though, Bo? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think I think so. What about you? Well, are you done? Well, I am finished. Yeah, I, I think I've I've vented enough. I, I think uh, I will. I will ask those questions again. I think it'll be interesting to talk with our friends this weekend that watch a lot of racing and get mm-hmm. their opinions on the Dunlop thing. Um, I'm sure in some way that you and I are wrong. That's what I know. Always, always, yeah. without question. But the real thing is, is do we care? The answer is also no. Well, yeah. I mean, those, <laughs> guys, those folks can go out and get their own podcast, and then we can we can have That's po- right. podcast That's battles. Right. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, we can do it. But anyway, so I guess that'll be it for us tonight, guys. If you're going out riding this weekend on the street on the track, listen, please keep the shiny side up, that rubber side down. I'm Jason, aka. Captain Novice just saying uh, good night with my man Bo, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys.